0: Okay, back in like the vaudeville days, it used to be a popular act to have a guy walk across the ceiling. And the way this was achieved was by rigging up this kind of like Track on the ceiling that's connected to some like magnetized shoes. What? Yeah, this was just like a very popular vaudeville act. You know, just as one act, somebody would come and walk across the top of the ceiling. How often did someone die? Uh, no, very. I don't. I didn't hear of any recorded deaths. Okay, you
1: are um, lying.
0: I'm telling the truth as I remember it.
1: <laughs> yeah, these are the same people who are sawing monkeys in half and gluing them to salmon's and telling us it was mermaids. I'm not going to believe that they had electromagnets in the 1830s me either
2: those would be so hard to pull
0: off the ceiling
2: right
1: and if they weren't hard to pull off the ceiling you would just fall off the ceiling
0: yeah exactly it's also at the time when society is moving from agriculture and being in the farms to moving into big cities. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people had spent their entire life staring at a chicken for entertainment. And now all of a sudden here's somebody walking across the ceiling using what kind of methods you asked? Yeah. <laughs> George's electric aerial ambulating system of 1909 and ch newman and w berrigan's electrical device to enable showmen to walk on the ceiling of 1885 used electro magnets
2: <laughs> that's so wild this is the moon landing of shoes <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what sentiment are you trying to communicate by saying this is the moon landing of shoes they couldn't
2: get to the moon with a calculator computer. They can't walk on the ceiling with no 1885, no computer shoes. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, no one knows what you're saying. <laughs> if, we, if Cirque du
2: Soleil ain't doing no magnet shoes on the Cirque ceiling of their circus. <laughs> of, of their circus <laughs> then, then they sure as heck weren't doing it back in 1880. So this is going to be pretty challenging.
0: Let's get you ready
3: for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%.
0: It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay.
3: Girl, little girl's here, my little girl. You hear me, my little girl. You're my little brother. You're my little brother. Lifepile.
0: Welcome to LifePile Podcast, the only podcast that secretes its defensive mechanism out of a gland. I'm
1: lifestyleist lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. I'm the rat that got sealed in the soda can accidentally that you just took a sip out of Dylan Bergasa. Don't trust robots. It's Ryland. What robots shouldn't I trust?
2: Um, I'm uh, just any uh, wow. I feel bad Don't for Rylan because wow.
1: he's trying to like land on a really good catchphrase <laughs> and I just keep picking them apart every time he says one. I'm going to let that one be. Don't trust robots.
0: Well, I think it's very prejudice. They already have sentience. So once they're communicating with the public about their frustration with the way our society treats them, this is going to be exhibit A Ooh. of racist behavior from privileged white men who just can't stand to see another consciousness get ahead
2: Cam are you telling me you would put a robot in your mouth like would you let (laughs) a robot in there
0: (laughs) that's what trust is to Ryland I just figured it out (laughs) trust means I'll put it in my mouth that
1: makes so much sense Yeah, that's why crocodiles love Steve Irwin's daughter so much What? (laughs) Because they always do the tricks at the park where they stick their head in a crocodile's mouth. That's a lot of trust. I thought she got eaten by a crocodile, and I didn't know about it. No, she's like alive and well. She's doing really well for herself. Mm -hmm. Good for her.
2: But, I mean, babies knew. That's how babies learn to trust. They put stuff in their mouth. If it's good, keep it in
0: there. If it's bad, pull it out. What? So if a baby never put nothing in its mouth, it could never have like a emotional relationship with someone because it just can't trust.
2: Exactly. And that's why as a baby, I put everything in my mouth because I wanted to have serious relationships when I grew up.
0: It just occurred to me that if Ryland ever has
1: a stroke, we won't have any way to tell. Right. (laughs) If I have a child, am I supposed to put my fingers in its mouth so that it cares about me? (laughs) Yeah. Nothing
0: is more untrustworthy than an adult putting his fingers in your mouth saying, trust me, son, trust me. Oh, boy.
2: (laughs) You let the baby put your finger in its mouth. You don't put it in there for it. Just give it the finger, and if it puts it in its mouth, then it puts it in his mouth. What are you going to do?
1: Oh, it's like an offering. You have to like, okay, now step like back away. You've left the finger there and now like wait for it to accept you. Okay.
0: I can't wait to be there for Ryland's wedding. If and when he ever does get married, because it's going to be such a beautiful ceremony. They'll put the ring on each other's fingers and then each one will put the other's fist in his or her own mouth. And that will be the uh, the uh, symbology, and there you go, you're married. There we go. I'm putting my fist in my mouth? Why not her mouth? You put your fist in her mouth, and she puts okay, okay. her fist in your mouth. And only then do they know, okay, they really trust each other.
1: The priest says, the fisting is complete. Let's all celebrate (laughs) this union. And now Ah. you may fist your bride. (laughs) Bad. I hate it. Uh,
0: This is the podcast that brings you the correct lifestyle advice. Every week we bring you some (laughs) lifestyle tips, things you can do today to get uh, one step closer to the right way of living. And we also go ahead and review... Three of the biggest lifestyles out there today. Uh, Who's got a lifestyle tip to start us off? I do. I got one
2: right here. Uh, so a lot of people like to make stuff. I think that's a good hobby. And I think people should indulge in making stuff, but then follow it up with an even healthier hobby of destroying those things. Because as humans, I don't think we've really evolved past our lust for destruction. So taking it out in like a an ordered way is good. So build a birdhouse, then take a baseball bat to it and break that baby.
1: See, I think we're missing out on the added emotional payoff bonus release that we could get from this there's it's one thing to just like smash a birdhouse or to be into crocheting and then lighting that on fire do with someone else's hobby you got a dad who <laughs> likes collecting license plates and he's got a whole garage decked out with them. just put some c4 all around the perimeter of that and light it up at the same time now you get to watch something explode and watch a person crumble inward uh because you ruined the only thing they care about
0: but end of the day they're gonna thank you because Once you've climbed to the peak of the mountain, what is there to do? Mm -hmm. You've lost your reason to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's this? I just blew up the mountain. Now you have to go up another peak. Yeah, yeah. All right?
1: You're welcome. 2017 was about making that 34,000-piece Lego Death Star. Congrats. You do it all over again that's what actually brought me to
2: this lifestyle tip is that uh, as a child I had an uncle who his hobby was collecting vintage cars uh, and and he parked it one of his vintage hearses uh, in a field behind my grandmother's house and uh, me as a young child uh, I went out there with my cousin and I was like oh look at this old fucking car it must be abandoned it's just in the middle of this field this car doesn't belong to anybody and so we just broke all the windows in that car and yeah and that's how so I would maybe not do that again so I say build your own stuff and break it but if you want to break other people's hobbies yeah go for it oh my gosh
0: I love that you can hear in Ryan's voice that he is still in trouble for doing this yeah
1: how long has it been (laughs) since he spoke to you since he looked you in the eye
0: oh he's so he's like
2: one of the nicest guys and like I was a child I was like maybe seven years old or younger. Yeah, but you're
0: already committing felonies. <laughs> but but I did get
2: spanked on the tree with a fly swatter. So we were oh. out in the yard, and they spanked me with a fly swatter.
0: <laughs> what do you mean spanked on the tree? On they tree bent break? me over a tree.
2: They there was a tree there, pinion? and they were like, go up against that tree. Are you
0: Paul Bunyan? What are you
2: saying? <laughs>
1: Damn. Would you have a bat? What'd you do it? You throw rocks through it? Yeah, have just rocks We through a bunch of rocks. Damn.
2: And also there was um a uh place, a building uh nearby with it was like an outdoor worship area. So where people, could there were a bunch of pews and uh, where they could have outdoor sermons for a church and we went and we fucked those pews up too and uh, there's no good reason for that. Those weren't abandoned. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Dang, you just have a primal need to ruin things that like mean a lot to people. Religions, vintage cars.
0: <laughs> what was you about you as a seven-year-old that just needed to go out and vandalize <laughs> I don't know. I hit puberty early, I guess. I don't know what was going on. But what does that have to do <laughs> uh, You know, puberty, that time when your body goes through changes and you start doing thousands of dollars in property
1: damage. I didn't have a choice. I got pubes and suddenly I need to ruin everything.
0: <laughs> I wanted to kiss my
2: first grade teacher and I couldn't. So what am I going to do instead? I'm going to blow stuff up.
0: Wait, you wanted to what?
2: I wanted to kiss my first grade teacher and I couldn't. So
0: (laughs) So I'm going to blow up this town. Wait, well, (laughs) was she there throwing rocks through the hearse with you? She's like, no, Rylan, you're boring. You never do anything cool.
1: She's like, nuck if you buck, Ryland, you're not cool if you don't blow up your uncle's favorite vintage hearse. Here,
0: smoke this cigarette while you do it. <laughs> you want to roll with
1: me, Miss Campanelli? at her not You're not cool if you don't,
3: bitch. She, wasn't, I
1: wasn't trying to impress her with it. I was,
2: I was frustrated. I was sexually frustrated by an- oh. my inability to kiss her, so I had to take
1: it out somewhere else. This is how wars are started. This is how Europe was conquered. Yeah, I this hits very close to home for me. Not because I have these like weird aggressive animal. <laughs> I'm going to shame Ryland right now for his urges, <laughs> for his violence. I will for sure shame violence all day, every day. But as someone who identifies with someone in this story. The vintage car. I too am something delicate, beautiful, expertly crafted and tended to. And I had this one moment where my parents would do Bible study and they would invite a bunch of their friends over and also their kids. And I would inevitably have to watch these kids. And one time we were all hanging out in the basement playing with some toys while our parents were upstairs learning about Jesus Christ and these kids. Young kids put me in a cardboard box and then started beating the box with brooms and metal mops and like bats and stuff. And this one kid got really zealous and stabbed one through the (gasps) box and it went into my forehead. And I was just like bleeding out of my forehead. And I like burst out of the box and was like,
3: Enough!
1: That's what I sounded like (laughs) as an eight year old. And then I like went upstairs and my parents are up there with all their friends being like, and then the Lord said on the third day and the door swings open and like bleeding Dylan is just like, I'm in pain. And my mom had to like take me up to her room and just like stroke my hair for a while.
0: It says a lot about kids that it's really just like 10 minutes alone in the basement is all the time it takes for them to break the conch shell and go kill piggy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know why the cage bird sings, because I'm the cage bird. Well, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking interesting about. Interesting
0: interpretation of that poem. but He's uh, talking about
2: Of Mice and Men, actually. Well, That's the book I he's hate referring you, to. Ryland.
0: John Steinbeck <laughs> did not write,
1: I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Was it was it As I Lay Dying that was about taking something beautiful and perfect and needing to ruin it, Cam? Mm. Was that Huck Finn? (laughs) Is that Huck
2: Finn? (laughs) There was that Simpsons Uh, episodes where the kids get washed up on the island. You know what I'm talking about? That great literature.
1: Castaway.
0: Yeah, (laughs) castaway.
2: I'm referring to Lord of the Flies. I don't know if you guys were. You, Cam was. Okay, well, there's lots
0: of books about people being watched up on an island. That doesn't. <laughs>
2: but I thought you said break, break the
0: conch shell and kill Piggy. Yeah, that is a Lord of the Flies reference.
1: Okay, that's what oh, I, I thought. Oh, I thought that was a Muppets reference. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Remember that one Muppets movie where they
1: killed Miss Piggy? <laughs> Do you remember that? Breeze right past it.
0: And Kermit one. and Robin were both eating her thighs <laughs> and they kind of like looked up and like winked at each other. Oh my God. That was my least favorite Muppets movie. <laughs> I got a lifestyle tip for everybody. Uh, it's a great one, it's a handy one. Comes in two steps, okay? Step number one at least once a day, more, preferably be a fancy bitch. Two, say. I'm a fancy bitch. And you will immediately notice a 30% increase in your confidence and happiness. For instance, the other day, I pulled out uh, some of my china and uh, took some fresh fruit that I had purchased and I arranged it on the china. And then I put my fists on my hips and I said, I'm a fancy bitch. And let me tell you, I'm feeling great.
2: How do you do this on a budget? You just go from eating on uh, paper towels to eating on paper plates? Instead,
1: I think, yeah, not eating off of a paper towel is a good start. I feel like, you know, you're you're actually the most set up to be a fancy bitch, Rylan, because anything you do is an improvement.
0: A lot of room for improvement. And I'd even say not eating on the paper towel is asking too much of yourself. I'd say first start off by not eating sitting on the toilet. You can still mm. eat off the paper towel, but
1: set that paper towel maybe on the kitchen table. See, Cam's jumped a couple steps ahead, though, because he's assuming that you've done the fancy bitch thing of using a toilet, which is not characteristic Ryland. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, Ryland, use a toilet and then say, I'm a fancy bitch. Could
2: I achieve it by uh, not wiping myself with the napkins I stole from McDonald's, but instead uh, steal uh, a roll of taper, put, paper
3: to- paper put, put, towel? Put-
2: toilet <laughs> paper i can't even say the word that's how fancy it is i'm i'm so not bougie guys i don't even know what the toilet taper is
1: <laughs> wait did y'all ever hear that folks sometimes in nature use that lamb's ear as toilet paper that's fancy. lamb's ear like S- the ear of a lamb no but yikes <laughs> there's uh, I don't know what else you call that plant, but there's. I think it's plants. called
2: bunny bunny ears.
1: Okay, so just any oh. animal's ears you can. I've heard it. I plant that.
0: I'm very afraid that you guys are referencing. <laughs> no, you're just out in wild, and you use an animal's ears <laughs> to wipe your ass. That's not what I'm hey, saying. Hey, thumper, thumper, come here! No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think a rabbit fur would be luxurious to wipe yourself with. Oh my
1: god! And you know it's out there. And then you say, "I'm a fancy bitch." I've got a lifestyle tip for you guys. (laughs) Mine's a rare holographic special edition Dylan lifestyle tip. This one's a sports tip this one is about the game known as baseball maybe more specifically it's about t-ball maybe it's about softball I don't really know what my parents put me in but (laughs) I became a creative and entertainer later in life so I'm going to assume they put me in t-ball so for those at home who maybe aren't as familiar with sports uh, the way that you score points in the game of baseball or t-ball or softball is by running all the way around the little squares and getting back to square one which I (laughs) am I'm intimately familiar with and
0: you sound like you're so familiar with i
1: this. am a sports expert and that's something i keep on the low low but to go on your little run back to square one you gotta hit the to square one. you gotta hit the circle ball first <laughs> oh, so that's your-
0: why that's why anytime you hit the ball and you hit all the little bases in one go they call it a square in one
1: yes a square yeah, yeah not unlike a hole in one <laughs> so you take your wood stick and you hit the circle and that's how you do it now there's someone who's in charge of delivering that white leather skin to you with their fist hands
0: okay well right there we know it's not t-ball then uh
1: yeah oh yeah that's a good point (laughs) so i realized real quick that i got one job that i can do on the baseball square what's it when you rotate it diamond baseball diamond and it's not being one of the square guards the people who stand by the squares and make sure you don't pass them and I'm not good at being the hitter and I'm not good at being the guy behind the hitter and I'm very worried about those guys all the time I know they're all like padded out but you could take a wood stick to the face and be fucked for life I wonder how often that happens I'm getting sidetracked my sister did for Uh, real what happened to her can she see? Can she play violin?
2: No, she's been blind for the rest of her life. Is that real? No, she's fine. Oh she can see. Oh my god. <laughs> no, my sister got struck by a bat, and she's fine. And it, it it wasn't a vampire bat or anything. It was just a tiny one.
0: Jesus Christ, I hate you. I want to point out that Dylan does call the baseball diamond a da- baseball square, because he's always going, huh, he's always thinking to himself a little bit extra. So he's got his head cocked to the side. So... That, that diamond isn't pitched up on his side because mm-hmm. he's looking at it a little tilted. He's looking a little different than anybody, so he sees the baseball square.
1: And that's why I'm such an asset on a baseball quadrilateral, because I'm trying to think outside the box. And I found out this surefire way to make sure nobody makes it back to square one, and that's when you're up there on the pitcher's hump, you wind her up, and you pull your knee into your chest, and you stare straight down at the stick hitter, and then you rotate 90 degrees and you throw that ball at the wall, because... You can't hit what you can't hit So if the baseball hitter can't hit the baseball He's not going anywhere So uh, I developed this technique Where I would just throw the ball directly at the wall Three he times revolutionized
0: in a row the game
1: And everyone was aghast Nobody knew what to say My coach couldn't look at me My dad didn't say much on the ride home And I guess these just piss poor baseball hitters Were, were so flabbergasted That the coaches took pity on them And would just escort them to the first square because they, they, there was no way they were getting there on their, on their own accord by their own merits because Dylan's the best baseball thrower yeah it's like the
2: coaches lifting up little kids to make a dunk you know that's basically what they were doing for them uh-huh. it's really yeah, that's sad, sad but you know? know when
0: you when you have a bunch of kids playing against a pro you know how do you deal with that kind of age discrepancy and skill where Dylan obviously is on a whole new level yeah so your lifestyle tip is very similar to you know shoot for the moon because even if you miss you'll land amongst the stars you say and throw at the boards because even if they swing they're 20 feet away from the ball
1: Yeah, that's almost exactly my thing. And that's, it's why I, it's why I quit because I, Shot for the moon. I hit the moon three times. The moon being the side of the you baseball quadrilateral.
0: Revolutionized the game.
1: I don't want to play with a bunch of babies yeah. who are gonna maybe take another fifty years of gameplay to be able to devise some kind of way to combat my surefire pitching technique. So,
0: and that's why it was kind of uh, disappointing when Babe Ruth stole your move uh, and pointed at where he's gonna hit the ball, mm-hmm. because you invented that back when you would point at the wall and then throw the ball at the wall over
1: there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good concession stand people were scared out of their mind by my, my pitching technique, but you do what you gotta do to make sure people aren't getting on those squares, and nobody copied me during that game, I don't know why that wasn't immediately plagiarized. It
0: was just, their minds were blown, they couldn't even process you know, mm-hmm. the technique.
1: And my parents saw that, too, and they were like, okay, you're going into basketball next. And I was like, all right, so soon, I guess let's just revolutionize that game.
0: Oh, boy. So we've got three lifestyle segments coming at you. I got a lifestyle I'm bringing at y'all straight out of the age of sale. It may not be the most glamorous lifestyle, but it's got a lot of merit. Today, we're going to do a live it or leave it on being a powder monkey.
1: Now, this sounds offensive
0: well you would think that but you would <laughs> be wrong okay powder monkeys were a position on warships through the age of sail
1: what's the age of sail
0: when sail ships ruled the world
1: oh, okay it's not yeah. when we'd like Uh, came up up with that three-step ABC always be closing retail technique
0: you know it's Black Friday every Black Friday a bunch of powder monkeys are hired (laughs) (laughs) they blast off to savings I'm sorry continue so it was primarily employed uh boys ages eight to uh, I mean 16 is kind of on the far side you needed a tiny little boy Because he would be nimble and quick, running through the dark underbelly of the ship to the gunpowder storeroom, so he could be fit through all the floorboards and stuff, filling up his bag full of gunpowder, which he would then run back to the cannon that he was positioned to, so they could use that gunpowder to fill up the cannon and one of the other advantages of them being so short is that they were below the gun whale which is the side of the boat that comes up above the deck so you know all the bullets fly over their heads right. Uh, So you spend your days as an assistant to like captains and sailors. And then uh, you spend many of your days in naval battles running and back and forth from a room that will explode if you look at it the wrong way to a giant cannon that's being shot at by a bunch of angry men on the other side. Powder monkey, live it
2: or leave it. Are powder monkeys the monkeys that are in Japan, and they sit in the in the jacuzzi, the naturally formed jacuzzi in Japan, because they love that fresh powder, you know, up in the snowy mountains, and they have the little pink face. And
1: they have the cell phones. What? <laughs> You've seen those photos of the sauna monkeys on their cell phones, just being like, ugh, I shouldn't be working right now, but...
0: <laughs> this is supposed to be me time. Yeah,
1: I've
2: not up. seen sauna monkeys on their cell phones, but I like that image.
1: Yeah, no, powder monkeys are not that because they are what Cam described for several minutes before (laughs) you asked what they were.
0: (laughs) Someday Ryan's gonna listen to the shit I say on this podcast, but not today. (laughs) I always
2: wanted to be a stowaway on a ship, hiding in a barrel while they were sailing to somewhere else. So if I could be that, but then climb out of the barrel, covered in gunpowder, and run and jump into a cannon, and just roll around in that cannon (laughs) real quick to fill it up with the gunpowder, and then pull myself (laughs) out and jump back in my barrel, hell yeah, I'm into this idea.
0: Yar, he has his own special way of doing it. It takes 30 more trips, but gosh darn it, he's a cute kid. Do we love
1: to watch him jiggle? <laughs> I do like the idea of Ryland being a stowaway, kind of like a oceanic Aladdin, though. I think that's very fitting for you. Have you have you ever been on a cruise, Ryland?
2: Uh, no, but I've always wanted to go on a cruise. They
0: look, I love boats! But he doesn't want to pay for a ticket.
2: But he doesn't want to pay <laughs> <He> for <laughs> a ticket. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, and I think you could do that. And I think... We could probably combine Powder Monkey with Ryland's first cruise ship. I think this is how we get Ryland on a cruise. Uh Uh So Ryland's going to pick, you know, uh, a carnival cruise or whatever your popular cruise lines are that go around the Gulf of Mexico or something. And he's going to go to the ship parking lot that they have in Florida where they park all the boats. And then you just... As they're, you know, folding all the napkins into monkeys and getting the water slide ready and greasing up the buffet for all the people who are going to slide down it with their mouths agape, you slowly start filling up just one cabin with... Gunpowder just bring it in just like a little fanny pack at a time after nightfall when no one's looking and then day of the cruise Jeanette and Brian are going to go down the hallway and they, oh this is us and they're going to swipe their key card and they're going to go into their little 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 ocean chalet and there's going to be Ryland in a room that's completely covered in gunpowder and he's going to waist a, deep in a barrel waist deep in a barrel finger to his lips going don't you fucking." Say a word. Walk away, bitch. And Brian and Jeanette are just going to hop off the boat. They're like, bye, this is weird. <laughs> and then Ryland can spend the next, you know, three or four weeks just running around the cruise ship. He's covered in gunpowder. And if anybody tries to bust him on it, he just goes, not a fucking word. Or this whole thing goes up. She <laughs> G- flames. Powder Monkey Ryland. Live it. <laughs>
0: Now, see, I think you're really onto something here. Issue being that when you're a stowaway, the main technique is to not draw attention to yourself Mm. when you're covered with explosive powder running around threatening every person you run into like hey free smoothie would you like a smoothie not a word (laughs) (laughs) or I blow this all to shit
1: (laughs) right Um, I imagine he's enjoying the smoothies and enjoying the right but also
0: it's Ryland and he's threatening every single person if you give him an ounce of pleasure he will take a liter of misery from people that's true. So here's here's this slight twist you need to get on it. Brian and Jenna discover you in the powder room. Uh, they're terrified. They run to the captain to tattle tale. All right. Mm-mm. Here's the thing. You've already won the captain over because every time the captain's needed a small explosion to happen, you've been there to make it happen. He's at the dinner. He's at the captain's table <gasps> having dinner. He puts his fancy cigar in his mouth. He's looking. At, Where's a lighter? Where's a lighter? <laughs> Where? And then his tip of his cigar explodes. Smoking just fine now. Yes. How, 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 how did this happen? He looks under the table. Here's Ryland covered in powder, <laughs> looking like a monkey. <laughs> you little buddy,
3: all right? Yeah.
0: Anytime that captain needs a small little explosion, he doesn't even have to ask. It's already happening. And after a couple of days of that, I mean, how can you help but to just love Ryland? I know he worked his way into my heart. Okay, so the captain is going to love this little story so much that when Brian and Jenna come to say, "Hey, we paid for that deck, uh, first class," he's going to go, "Hey, you know what, Brian and Jenna, go jump off the boat Seriously? because this is more his home than yours." Okay. The
2: part that I'm the most excited about is when the Carnival cruise ship crashes because of one of my explosions onto a deserted island. And uh, I become the only survivor, and I grow up in this jungle. And then someday, some explorers are walking through my jungle, and they hear... (laughs) And they look over and they're like, what is that? Do you Do smell you something? <laughs>
0: no, it's, it's not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There
2: it is. Yes. It's, it smells like it smells like a like a musket from from the Civil War. Uh. It's, it smells like one of those cannons that they use on pirate ships back in the day. It smells like g- 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 gunpowder.
0: Is that a p- 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 powder monkey? And I go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, what were those last sound effects? What was happening there? That's me
2: setting off my explosions, because I'm like Sasquatch, but I'm also explosive. So <gasps> He's
0: the exploding Sasquatch. That's a beautiful
3: twist.
0: Ooh. Here's, here's the thing. It's like one of the major letdowns of this lifestyle when I was originally researching it for the show is... I thought you couldn't really live it anymore because there's no ships shooting cannons around anymore. But Ryland has really cracked the code because not only can you create a powder monkey life for yourself here in the modern age, but because it's here in the modern age, no one's shooting cannons at you. So it's actually the safest, probably the best time ever to be a powder monkey. Hmm. You're just sitting around on cruise ships, making buddies with captains, drinking all the smoothies you want, and you've got a beautiful retirement on a tropical island i'm gonna say live it yeah me me being
2: a powder monkey i hear that it's really good for your pores too to have gunpowder on your skin at all times so i could be a fancy bitch powder monkey whenever i feel like it uh so i'm definitely gonna live it do you guys like to sniff yourself no
0: yeah all right but uh that's a great transition to our next segment
1: so, boys, I wanted to ask, do you have a moment for Jesus Christ? And also, do you have a moment for Jesus Christ? But do you have a moment for Jesus Christ? I also wanted to know, Let's could we also take a moment for Jesus Christ? And then as well, take a moment for Jesus Christ. That's right. I'm bringing you five men who believe they are the second coming of Jesus Christ who are all on planet <gasps> Earth at this moment. Okay, we're going to hit the first one now. This one's name is an acronym. It's I-N-R-I and he lives near Brasilia, Brazil. The I-N-R-I stands for, and I'm going to say this wrong, Iesus Nazarenus Rex Iudarum, which is the thing that was written on the plaque that Pontius Pilate inscribed on Jesus' cross and his awakening came to him in 1979. He is now a celibate 69-year-old man living in a walled-in compound with his disciples, who are mostly women, and they push him around on a rolling pedestal that's made of like red felt with like some frilly fringe going around the bottom. That's Jesus number one, and what we know about him. Enri. Enri could in be Ray. a nickname for him, Boy, sure. Ray,
3: wheel over here! <laughs>
1: Now, he, he is from Brazil, or Brazil, yeah.
3: Oi, Henry! T- he's t- sh- t- t- <laughs> he's
1: <laughs> not cockney. no. Nope.
2: Oi, oi, Henry, you're telling me that you're 69 years old and you don't even bang? Get out of oh, here, you fucking liar.
1: That, Rylan brings up a good point. That's the sex year. He needs to be having sex now, specifically.
0: 69 is known as the most sensual year in life of any human being.
1: Yeah. he And he's not going to have another year of sensuality like that until he gets to 420. So he's got a minute <laughs> he gets there. So moving on along here, we got this Jesus is named Moses, but he's also named the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and... Jesus. He lives in Ashawe, South Africa. He preaches to a flock of folk that live in his town. um, At his wedding, Uh, that was supposed to be the beginning of the end of days, which is maybe kind of a sad way to disclaim your wedding to people (laughs) Uh, he married a woman her her name used to be angel but now she goes by mother of the whole world and uh whole with an h mother of the whole world uh, no no with a w h Yeah, they got a photo of him in this article. He's got a sick snapback. He's got some silver gloves. He's got shades. He's rocking a mic right now at his wedding. And this Jesus really gives me some pizzazz. He's got showmanship. He's got charisma. And while he might not have a vehicle like Enri, I don't know. I think charisma goes a long way for me.
0: He also does have sweet Michael Jackson gloves.
1: He's got the sweet sweet Michael Jackson gloves. Henry's got the pedestal. So he's rolly Jesus. Can he touch the ground? Are they? Is he allowed <gasps> to? I didn't even think about why. It doesn't say. Is that a Jesus rule? Did Jesus have rules? Like he can't touch the yeah. ground? Yeah, All Jesus right, can't touch the ground. The floor yeah. is yeah. lava. <laughs>
0: Here's the rules.
1: We've got... Third Jesus, this Jesus's name is Vasarion.
0: I like a Jesus who is one of the evolutions of Evie. So this is great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a normal type. Vasarion. You'd think he'd be a ghost type. You'd think he'd be something creative, but this one just goes <laughs> normal to normal. Vasarion looks like Western depictions of Jesus. He's kind of like a caricature of of what we've all been taught to think of Jesus as. He's a white man. Which is a product of marketing. He has long shoulder length hair. He's a white man as a product of marketing. I think he was I marketed whiteness. White Jesus is a product of marketing oh, because yeah. Jesus is like for certainly not white.
2: But Viserion didn't turn white after watching a bunch of
1: commercials. <laughs> Vissarion was born this way as a white man. All right. Gotcha. Um, I'm with you. But I think that has something to do with his success. Just he's more consumable, I think, to to a mainstream Western audience by being the white man. That And you got
2: to be consumable if you're Jesus, because we are going to eat your body
1: (laughs) at at some point in the near future. Vissarion's other name is the Christ of Siberia. These Jesus's all have secondary names. Uh, he lives in an off-the-grid Russian village called Obitel Rasveta, which means Abode of Dawn, and he has kind of established this network of villages where all of his disciples live. They are all vegetarian, I believe, and they have this really cool vegetarian brunch tradition where they make this big pilgrimage to a mountain walking through all their villages. Now keep in mind, this is Russia. He is the Christ of Serbia. They're all walking through a big snowy Russia for Christmas, which doesn't sound super comfy, but these are the things that you do for Jesus, for your Vasarian Jesus, for your Evie Jesus. So they, they make this big pilgrimage. They go to a mountain, then they sit there, Vasarian. Hits the stage and he gives you a sweet little Vasarian Christmas sermon, which I know what you're thinking. December 25th. Incorrect. This is Vasarian Christmas, which is January 14th, Vasarian's oh birthday. God.
0: I can't tell you how relieved I am to hear that because one of my number one concerns for Jesus is that his birthday lands on Christmas, which has to be really rough as a kid. Because you know you're not getting the same amount of presents as all the other kids. Yes. So I think this is a great solution. You give Evie the Moonstone. He evolves into Viserion. And then you just do like a half birthday for him in June so that he doesn't, you know, get his birthday ruined.
1: There we go. It's the perfect solution. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Viserion has 5,000 followers, which this is not a numbers game. But if you roll back to Rolly Jesus, Enry... He had about a dozen, and they all lived in a little walled in compound. Vasarian has five thousand followers, and they all live in a series of villages. I'm just saying Vasarian might be like, marketing jesus like he he seems to have his social meds down social media he's oh he's also got 16 huge tomes published called the last testament which are his like proclamations that he's published so he's like a content creator in a way that we've not seen any of the other you've got like pizzazz jesus as moses you've got Roly jesus who's seemingly inert. He's not even doing anything with his 69th birthday, 69 420. <laughs> but Vasarian seems to be out here doing the good work.
0: It's always a very gutsy move to title your creative work as the last anything, because... You never know what if it's a bestseller and the publishers banging down your door. You yeah. got to do a sequel. Okay. This is the same problem that uh, Sony had with Final Fantasy. Mm. They thought they were going to be done with <laughs> it,
1: but the fans wanted more. They keep being like, this is the last fantasy we promise. And then they're like, nope, slap a nine on there, everyone. Yeah. Another one.
0: I mean, this is why Visarian is on the planet, because King James Bible, number one book in sales right and the publisher was like listen god you got a hot ticket here we got to do a sequel and he's like all right let me send my one begotten son down to the earth one more time yes do a little sequel action but he made the mistake he called it the last testament now publishers back on the phone listen god your son's stomping my grapes over here okay <laughs> what
1: what would you guys name bible part three we've got old testament new testament Bible Reloaded. Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, great. Glad I got that. This next Jesus, he goes by Jesus, but he's also got some pen names, one of them being Parent Rock of the World, also Mr. Faithful, also Mr. Word of God. His name, his name is, his birth certificate name is Pupete Chibwe Chishimba.
0: Mm. Which translates to Mr. Diapers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he sits on a sofa in his home in Kitwe, Zambia. He also gets up off his sofa and he also does some hit in the streets. This is maybe not marketing Jesus in the way that we see Vasarian kind of utilizing his network and utilizing his mountaintop preachery that he has set up. And he's got and he's got a holiday that's big nowadays. You want people to care about something? Be like, oh, you guys didn't know. January 18th is Puppy Day. Did you guys know that March 14th is National Best Friend Day? Did you know that Donut Day is May 4th? No, that's May the 4th. That's Star Wars Day. Damn it. Visarion has already made Visarion Day, whereas Parent Rock of the World just hits the streets and just is doing some grassroots Jesus marketing, preaching the good word of God. Maybe marketing is not the right word. Just preachery. Now, this... Is hard because when you don't have all your followers pointing at you and being like, "Yeah, this guy's it," we are all in a parade for Visarion or for Jesus. What ends up happening is Parent Rock of the world walks into the village, says, "I am Jesus," to a bunch of people who, you know, he he did his research. He's like, "There's a Christian community here. I'm gonna walk in and let the, just let them know it's me, I'm well, hey, Jesus, I'm Jesus. And, yeah, yeah. You don't gotta worry anymore. I came. I'm here." What seems to be happening time and time again to Parent Rock of the World Jesus is he's getting chased out of town. People are shouting things at him like, uh, what's the word heretic? No, it's uh, a blasphemy. Blasphemer. Blasphemer. And uh, he's kind of had some trouble accruing a following. And I don't know if there's maybe we could do some lifestyling for Parent Rock of the World I don't know. Like, how would you guys remedy that? You know, that?
0: I think this is only sounds like a problem from our perspective. Okay. From Jesus's perspective, it seems very polite because huh. the last time he was here, they nailed him to a tree. Oh, boy. And he's probably just like, wow, they just shout mean stuff at you now. The world is a lot nicer <laughs> now than it was was ever before. Honestly, today's world is a much more habitable world for Jesus than any previous one. Mm-hmm. If you were gonna be Jesus, now's the time to do it.
1: That's a good point. And I guess I'm forgetting like the key crux of marketing, which is any press is good press. Any
0: press. Is honestly it's better press for Jesus because he's not famous for uh, you know, be everybody's buddy and everybody loves him and gets along with him. Sure, he's the guy who's up in the temple, fucking throwing a fit, knocking tables over, yeah. smacking the money out of people's hands, yeah, till somebody nailed him to a tree. So you know you don't get anywhere by being popular. But
2: but if he does want to get popular. I think Parent Rock of the World should drop an album because I know a lot of middle-aged women over here that would love (laughs) Parent Rock of the World Volume 1. They would definitely play that in their stereo nonstop.
0: What music are you into? Oh, I love Parent Rock. (laughs) Parent Rock is what I'm all
1: Jimmy Buffett, Bruno Mars, (laughs) Jack Johnson, Pink. (laughs) I do have... An additional final Jesus uh, oh to complete man. our five Jesuses. I
0: ordered a four pack of Jesuses <laughs> and the fry cook left an extra they threw
1: Jesus and You just scoop it up off the bottom of the bag. Now, this isn't just a bonus afterthought Jesus. This is a severe kind of problematic Jesus. His name, and he's just got one Jesus Matayoshi. This Jesus resides in Tokyo, located in Japan in the eastern hemisphere of planet Earth. He has someone drive a van around the city that's got a platform built on top of it and he's got a little microphone hooked up to what looks like four megaphones glued to the corners of the platform and he speaks the good word of Jesus Matayoshi to the folks he was born in Okinawa in 1944 and in 1997 he founded the World Economic Community Party which bases its policies on his identity as Jesus Christ reborn so he's been trying to work his way into politics in order to get Jesus shit done because I think Jesus Matayoshi saw Parent Rock of the World and was like, I'm not doing guerrilla marketing. I'm not flyering people. I'm not going to be pushing coupons and sales on my Jesus. I'm going to legislate my Jesus, myself, Jesus Matayoshi. So he's been trying to get into politics for years at this point, about about two decades. He did garner 6,000 votes uh, to try to be a member of Japanese parliament. But I think a big barrier to entry for him has been that he said that people who oppose him need to kill themselves because they're opposing Jesus Christ. And that's like a pretty cardinal sin is to be like, no Jesus to say like to negate Jesus.
0: And it really all goes back to the scripture because Jesus did say, Render unto the Lord what is the Lord's. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Oh, wait, never mind. Give it all to me. I'll take it all. Make me president.
1: <laughs> Very important scripture that Cam's quoting there. So you're like, what are you angling for, Matayoshi? Like, what's the, what's the goal? Obviously, Japanese parliament it can't be like the end all be all. You can't do a whole lot. You know, Japanese has an aging population. You know, a lot of sen- centarians. Is that what they're called? Millennials? A lot of 69 year olds over there. <laughs> live in their best years, live eh? in their best years, but then they're all going to turn 70 and then he's going to have a pretty useless population. He's not going to be able to draft those 70 year olds. He could probably draft those 69 year olds. <laughs> those 70 year olds are all going to become useless to him by the time the election goes through. Jesus Matayoshi has said that his ultimate goal is to bring about the end of days via the democratic political process, eventually occupying the post of United Nations secretary general and instituting the will of God on earth. Which is vague, but based on everything we know about Jesus Matioshi to this point, I think it involves a heat laser that's positioned in space that he activates uh, and and reflects off a million mirrors to melt all of us at once.
0: Geodesic orbiting disks, power of God. And the uh, magnifier, the sunlight, the burn. Just kind of glass the planet's surface. So that's a lot of very important and useful information you've brought us, Dylan. And I think I'd like to synthesize it down into something digestible for the people. So y'all are going into the water gym, trying to get that water badge. You get In this Pokemon gym, you get only three Jesuses in your lineup. Uh, what three Jesuses are you going to take with you to make sure you beat the gym trainer?
1: Hmm. It's hard for me to, to view parent rock of the world. Jesus as some someone who's essential for my team when I've got, you know, government Jesus and I've got Rolly Jesus and I've got social media marketing Jesus. They seem to be having the most power at their disposal. So I think those are my top three.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely bringing Jesus Mateoshe because he has those four speakers the do thunder damage you know it's that thunder wave damage yeah, attack yeah, yeah. so just in case they have kind of like an ice type you know because sometimes those water gyms they have an ice type mix it up but you know the thunder damage hits their crystals they fall right apart yeah, okay and then for number two I too am going really Jesus because he has that roller attack he does the power bash yeah. Uh, so that comes in handy he's kind of like a heavy hitter he's like the mill tank yeah. of the bunch yeah. Um, but you do need a switch hitter and I might blow you guys minds I'm gonna go classic, Jesus Jesus of Iscariot, Cause he has that special attack where uh, it looks like he's dead and then three days later he pops back
1: up. <laughs> what did you call it? Jesus of Ascaria? Scarya. Jesus of
0: Iscariot? What?
2: Is that
1: his hometown? Is that his cul No, it's
2: named after that move. It's like Jesus uh did I scare ya? When he pops up after <laughs> oh, he was what, dead.
1: Right behind you.
0: <laughs> Jesus, oh, I've been crushed under this giant rock. Oh wait. The rock moved. Where am I? Just oh, scare you.
1: <laughs> Jesus did dig. Oh boy, I like the name. I like the name Jesus. Classic.
0: Oh yeah, the classic
1: flavor. Ryland, who's in your top three? Uh,
2: well, definitely not Viserion, because he's a water Pokemon <gasps> and that's going to be really bad against water Pokemon. Uh, I's d- good point. No I do think uh, Yoshi Jesus. I would like to use his move. Kill yourself. I think that would be an a very, a very effective move in the gym. Um also i need somebody who what was that who was the second one was roller who was the second jesus
1: right exactly some of these Jesuses just fade in the background they don't have any distinct and you know what i did forget to include an important distinction about second jesus so first jesus we got Roly jesus enry enry second jesus we got pizzazz jesus who has pizzazz oh, but doesn't seem to know how to employ it I remember His, him he had that wedding that was like the end of the world oh my god <laughs> like right which like there's a lot to unpack there yeah is it because he just like had the most ultimate party do you think he had like a crazy wedding reception Like, we're
3: shutting it down <laughs>
1: <laughs> bum, 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 bum,
3: bum, bum, bum. get up on that cross
1: cry until you feel better <laughs>
3: oh god <laughs>
1: He was a jewelry salesman. So that's maybe where he gets some of his flash and panache from.
0: Yeah, he's a crystal type.
1: That's
0: why his glow. What's his name? What what do I call him? Uh,
1: You can call him Moses, which is his name, but he also goes by King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and Jesus.
2: Yeah, I would have. I'm gonna bring in Moses as my second Pokey Jesus. Um, and because I imagine he's fused with the mother of all worlds, they're doing sort of a uh, that bird one with the multiple heads. I forget what that one's called. Do-duo.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, do duo. Uh, so he's got the mother of the whole world and he's got himself. That's two Pokey Jesuses in one. That's
1: true. I mother mother of the whole world has for sure got some powers up her sleeves yeah so
2: i'm i'm bringing in yoshi jesus uh moses jesus and then my last one has got to be parent rock of the world jesus just because i need a good jam when i beat the shit out of this gym leader i need somebody to play (laughs) me all those good old family friendly music songs so
1: she's jesus in paradise yeah
0: (laughs) all right Ryland. You got a segment for us, bud? I sure as heck do, buddies.
3: Hey everybody, come on down I'm gonna teach you how to fight for yourself This is Ryle Mortar's School of Self-Defense class, okay? You think Uh, you don't know how to protect yourself out there? I'm gonna teach you how to fucking kill people with your spotties, with your small bodies (laughs) What's up guys? How did I learn how to do this? Oh, I went to the, the Discovery Channel and I learned about animals Animals been protecting themselves or years and now i use what animals do to protect themselves so uh i know a lot of our audience uh out there
2: is a scrawny um and so they need uh they it's scary walking alone at night i mean i walk alone at night all the time and i scared especially by
1: raccoons uh <laughs> don't go close <laughs> What are <laughs> raccoons doing to you? Are you getting aggressed by raccoons?
2: You don't get scared by raccoons? Yeah, they look no, at. they just so look cute. at you. All right,
1: uh, look at I their disagree. Fingers. I hate raccoons.
2: I've I've seen them attack pets. I'm pretty sure a raccoon what? killed my cat, and I hate oh. raccoons from here on out. So that's just my thing. Well
0: I hate to bring up bad memories but it was that neighbor lady who killed your cat
2: yeah she <sighs> lured in the horde of raccoons that killed my cat yes uh, uh, so fuck no. her she trained and them like a raccoons. Dojo.
0: Oh, she kidnapped your cat and did a Satan ritual
3: with it. I'm Jesus. so sorry. Okay, but... Hey, everybody, come on, down. I'm going to teach you how to fight for yourself in this god forsaken world with five Jesuses.
2: Okay, so I'm sure you guys have heard some of this stuff before, okay? But I think it's it's a good refresher course for anybody out there who does feel a little scared at night, okay? So... The first couple animals I have that I'm taking my self-defense lessons from are, are stuff we're familiar with, like the mo- the Moxiteoskia sequoia. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that tree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a tree too, but it's a millipede and it just... It glows in the dark.
1: Seems counterintuitive. Yeah,
2: that's what I thought too. But apparently predators see that and they're like, oh, don't eat that guy. <laughs> that guy glows. Okay. And and there's a whole, you know, pattern here of animals that do stuff with their bodies to make themselves look like stuff. And then you're like, oh, I'm not going to mess with that. Like the elephant hawk moth caterpillar. What? It's a caterpillar and it sucks up air into itself and it flates itself and it looks like a Thick spider or (laughs) snake is what I meant to uh, say.
3: What
1: (laughs) in the past like thirty seconds, Rylan's been like, "Have you heard of the elephant hawk moth spider elephant spider snake moth?" What animal are we talking about?
2: Yeah, it is literally four other animal words. I did not notice that. It's elephant hawk moth caterpillar elephant hawk moth caterpillar
1: okay which one of those is it actually
2: (laughs) it is a caterpillar and it resembles a snake (laughs) when it sucks air inside of itself
1: yikes okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i used to do that in middle school um i was a scrawny continue to be working on it accepting myself not being less scrawny i guess it's a journey you guys anyways in middle school i used to walk around school like this <laughs> he has his his shoulders raised up yeah my shoulders are pretty much like parallel with my earlobes right now and i was like
0: you look like someone just asked you where the tv remote is
1: <laughs> oh but in your like middle school mind you've you're just like frantically grasping for anything that will a give you an identity and b ward off predators like rylan's talking about and so in my little middle frantic middle school mind i was just like yeah big big traps are those what those are called trapezoids your, these muscles uh, on yeah, your yeah, shoulders. Yeah, it's yeah, the rhombus. So, yeah, big, meaty rhombuses is what's going to make w- women like me. This was also a concern of mine in middle school <laughs> and scare away predators. And it didn't do either of those. It just kind of gave me a sore neck for a lot of uh, the early thousands.
0: This is great thinking because I know middle school would have been a lot easier for me if everyone thought I was a snake. So, maybe <laughs> if I would puffed up just right and done my makeup so good people would have been like oh
1: don't mess with that snake and lit yourself up if you would have got some of those shoes that when you stomp on your little stompers they light up <laughs> That, yeah that's instant that
0: snake's being lit from below <laughs> creepy Woo.
2: a lot a lot of animals have stripes and spots to confuse uh, predators mm. and they have like a it sort of looks like a face on the back of it like a butterfly will open its wings and it looks like an owl's eyes looking at you um, yeah. so I think humans could do this they if we just printed uh pictures of ourselves and put it all over our own body it's like whoa where's his real head and you have also you have a head uh you attach to your crotch and it hangs down between your legs and it's lifelike and you're like is that guy is he
1: doing a handstand or is he walking at me i don't know how to kick this guy in the face (laughs) and then that guy goes i'm gonna punch that guy in the face and you just take (laughs) one right to whatever genitalia you got (laughs)
2: No, they would be really scared and run away. That's how it works in the real life, Dylan. Come on. How do I
0: bully Uh, when I don't know if it's coming or going? uh,
2: You're right. (laughs) Do not print your own face and put it on your body all over your body okay find out your bully's mom's face and you print that out and you put that all over yourself your bully sees that and they say whoa i'm sorry but what, what if you don't know your bully's mom's face uh what if it's just a stranger coming up to you that's a great question okay so you do a database search of all the mothers of of people who have killed people, okay? And then you combine all those pictures of mothers together into, and you make one like similar face that looks sort of like all of them, okay? Like I got John Wayne Gacy's mom's eyes right over there. I got uh, Phillip's. Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't a murderer. Why did I go
0: <laughs> <laughs> But he didn't scare you real bad, didn't he, right? Yeah.
2: I got this other murderer's guy's He's mouth on this in one. Doubt. And so I, you just wear a big, extra, extra, extra large T-shirt with this woman's face on it. And they, all, they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Go back in the water. And they'll Boy. let you go.
1: It's perfect. The universal generic murder mom t-shirt is the ultimate defense mechanism.
2: I actually think that would work really well. Uh, So
1: if you ran into someone who had a picture of your mom on your shirt, your first response would be like, oh, he's cool.
0: so is this self defense dojo you're advertising just a silk screen printing shop (laughs) come in kids I'm gonna protect
3: ya no I got a lot more than just that I got my other technique coming up how about squirting you guys like squirting no Uh, No. (laughs) there's a a pretty
2: common thing in the animal kingdom is for squirting to animals projectile squirt stuff uh, like cows like cows yeah they squirt stuff yeah. onto their babies mouths um <laughs> <laughs>
1: to defend themselves
2: <laughs> like oh what is this tiny version of me trying to eat me i'm going to squirt <laughs> some stuff in its mouth <laughs>
0: oh that baited it for him. but for how long
1: but for how long I gotta run away
0: <laughs>
1: like the the
2: Eurasian rollerbird uh, uh and the turkey vulture uh they are both birds that love to vomit at their predators um uh, yeah like Eurasian rollerbirds they have a very specific orange smelly vomit And the vulture, the turkey vultures just vomit up corpses uh, of stuff they've already eaten. And uh, it scares away the predators.
1: So humans can learn a lot from that. I've always said that humans need a squirting mechanism, like a self-defense. Like we've evolved all these other things that are so much better than other animals. But we really got left in the dust with like a few certain we can't blend into our surroundings. Very jealous at octopi for that one can't squirt jealous at cows for that one mm-hmm. except i guess all i need to do is find that special someone who's gonna get me pregnant and then i guess my teats will do that do the rest for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> my teats do the work for <laughs> me. my teats
1: do the work for me protected myself from kids since 1992 oh no. wait rylan can gleek
0: yeah i can't i
1: can't can you gleek on command no i oh. can't gleek i want to gleek i can't gleek Some people like really can just do it, Kim. I've
0: been known to do it from time to time.
1: I've been known to do it too, and it's always when I'm holding an important tax document, or I'm (laughs) looking at my phone, or like into the eyes of a lover. It's like it's like it can sense when I don't want it to happen. But Dylan, what, what
2: what if you were looking into the eyes of your lover, and they thought you were a threat, and so they squirted blood out of their eyeballs at you, just like a a Texas Horned Lizard. I would hate that. (laughs) Blood? Yeah, they like pop a a capillary in their eyeball and they (gasps) start crying blood and they can squirt it at you. Uh, (gasps) And if humans, if you're not drunk and you can't puke, just squirt blood out of your
3: eyes. (sighs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You come down here, I'll teach you how to squirt that blood right out your eyes.
1: It's like a guar concert. Is there some property to the blood that's like danger town is it spicy is uh, well, it poisonous
2: yeah also yeah there is some spice to it so if you're ever in new mexico you should try the texas Horn lizard eye blood hot sauce it's really good uh give that a shot
0: Okay, Ryland, so basically you have a self-defense dojo and I'm supposed to drop my nine-year-old off where they're going to work in your silkscreen sweatshop until you pull them aside and try to get them to squirt and bleed out their eyes at the same time. And how many minutes is this going to be open before the police raid it? Now,
2: Cam... Uh- Uh, this isn't just about t-shirts and squirting okay
3: i got a whole other set of techniques for you okay i'm gonna teach you all about it okay (laughs) (laughs) all right how about
2: how about you do the the sea cucumber an attacker is coming after you and you decide to secrete your organs out of your anus uh just uh, (laughs) and then it's like whoa you okay i'm I, I'm just gonna... I should... I'll go get a doctor? I'll go get a doctor. Um, that's what your attacker will do when it sees you poop out your heart, so...
0: I like... The thing you do when you catch any animal you want to do, the first thing you do is scoop the guts out. And it's very interesting that this animal's like, oh, I'll do it for you. There we go. Let me fix that. Oh, you want to eat me? Let me get all the gross stuff out. And now it's just the sweet tender meats left.
1: Sea cucumbers are the theater kids with nothing left to lose of the animal kingdom in that if they're getting aggressed by someone they're not worried about what people are going to say about them after this interaction so kill them with quirk That sea cucumbers are the kids that when someone's like hey geek hey fucking geek in the hallway the sea cucumber is going to be like
3: Oh my god,
2: why are you reenacting my high school days exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that? I was totally, you know, were you guys taught the ha-ha-so method of no. anti-bowling? It's like... It rings a bell. I, it's an acronym, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically, if somebody is making fun of you, you laugh with them, and you say, so, you go, ha ha, ha so... And so I took that to a very extreme where I would really, really laugh and I would make fun of myself. And then they were, it's just, I beat them, I beat them to it. So there you go. Whoa. So
0: you metaphorically shat your organs out.
2: <laughs> I did. I pulled all of my inner secrets out and just presented them through my anus and was just like, yeah, this is what you want. Haha, <laughs> So can't get
0: me. This is Life Pile Podcast, <laughs> the only podcast that knows how to make a cow squirt. Uh, we want to thank Scott Davis for our music. We want to thank aliens for teaching us how to squirt. <laughs> I gotta stop <laughs> it, thanking aliens on this. If you want to see me this week, I will be fastening the corpses of my enemies into an armor that I will wear over my body, and I will drag everywhere to defend against predators. Till then, where can we catch you?
1: You guys, I got a pretty important game this week. I'm going to be down at Wrigley Field doing that so you can find me on the thrower's hump, and I'm going to be angled away from that batter, uh, just knocking him out of the park. Is that what the thrower does? I'll see you there. It's called knock when you throw something. Just, yeah, knocking them back. (laughs) And actually, guys, you won't be able to find me this week. I'm going on
2: vacation, um, taking a cruise. Uh, but if you do want to find me a couple years from now, uh, just just go to that abandoned island where we all crash and, and start heading towards the <laughs> in the distance, and I, you, might, you might catch a glimpse.
0: This is Life File. Light your life on fire. This is Life Pile.
3: Come on down and you listen and light your life on fire. I don't know how to talk. I got minivans, I got sedans, I got SUVs. Life Pile.